this day. Thank you for the opportunity to bring this message and help us to see what you want us to hear. All right. We're coming close to the end of the COVID uh, restrictions, so be able to get back to church here soon, I hope. All right. First Chronicles chapter 15, starting at verse 1. And David made him house in this houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and placed and pitched it for it a tent. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites, for them hath the Lord God chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister to him forever. And David gathered all of Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord unto his place, which he had prepared for it. And David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites and of the house of Korah and Uriel, the chief and, and their brethren, and a hundred and twenty. And the children of Mirai, Esai, the chief and his brethren, two hundred and twenty. And the sons of Gershom, Joel, uh, the chief and his brethren, a hundred and thirty. And of the sons of Eliphaz, Eliphaz, Elizaphan, Shemariah, the chief, and his brethren, 200. Of the sons of Hebron, Eliel, the chief, and his brothers, 80. And of the sons of Uziel, Amadab, the chief, and his brethren, 112. And David called for Zadok and Abathar, the priest, and the Levites, and Uriel, and Esiel, and Joel, and Shimeel, and Eliam, and Abedbinadab, and said unto them, You are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both you and your brethren, that you may bring the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto this place that I have prepared for it. For because... You did it not in the first. The Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we are all sought him not after the due order. So the priests of the Lord, the priest and the Levites, sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord for God of Israel. All right, so here we are. David has built his, built his uh, houses that... Uh, Hiram's provided lumber for, and it's kind of interesting. It says houses, but it's really talking about all the different rooms that David built in his palace and all the apartments and, and places for his wives and his family. So we get many houses. And then he pitches a tent for, for, the, for the ark. And then David goes up and it says he's done his homework. He knows now what was done wrong when they tried to bring it up the first time. And he goes, none ought to carry the ark except for the Levites, because that's who God had anointed. So David's done his homework finally and knows what he has done wrong on the first time. Uh, we know that the, only the Levites were to carry the ark and they were to carry it. They weren't to put it on a cart. They weren't to put it on like they did the first time. They were to go out and honor God and all that they were doing and that 
and the only ones allowed to touch it, touch the ark, were, were to be the, the Levites, and they weren't even supposed to touch it. They were to only use the poles and follow through with this. And so this is what's going to happen. And David tells them to sanctify themselves just as he's supposed to from Deuteronomy 10, 8. It says, at the time the Lord separated the tribe of Israel to bear the Ark of the Covenant to the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him, and to bless his name unto that day. Therefore the Levites have no part in the inheritance of the children because they were separated unto God. So we see here that David is doing things right this time. So he gathers up all of Israel again. So this is the second time in a very recent period of time that, that David gathers all of Israel together to Jerusalem because he's going to bring the Ark of the Lord to Jerusalem. And David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites. And then they had this whole list of how many people, and there's a lot of them that David brought in. He grabbed, gets all the Levites and the, and the priests, and they gather together, and they're going to do this right, and they're going to really honor God in what they're doing. All right, so David gathers 862 priests and Levites together to be able to carry the ark correctly. This is quite a quite a number, and he says in verse 12, he says, sanctify yourselves before God, which means that they were to offer their sacrifices, they were to do everything they were supposed to, to prepare for the right way of doing things and to honor God correctly. And goes, that you may do all that I have prepared for it. And it says, for because you did not do it at first, the Lord our God has made a breach unto us that we, or that we sought him not after the due order. So here David is reminding them as what has happened just the two chapters before when, when uh, Uriah, uh, when uh, Ezra died for touching the ark because it was on an, on a cart. And so David says, you guys didn't do your job when it was coming up. And then because you didn't do your job, God caused a breach on us, which is from First Chronicles uh, thirteen eleven, the the breach that fell on it that scared David, and he goes, for that we besought him not after the due order. So David tells them, you guys didn't do your job, and we as a nation did not sell, search out after God either. This is so important for us to make sure that we do things God's way, not ours and seek after him and let him do it what he desires for us and do it his way. So often we like to try to do things our way and seek after God to expect him to do things the way we expect them to be done rather than the way he expects them done. And then we expect God to bless us when we do it our own way instead of his way. And God will not allow that to happen. So we need to keep in mind all of this going on that needs to be done. And so David gathers up all the people. And then in verse 14, for the, So the priests of the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God from, of Israel. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of the Lord upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, which as Moses commanded, according to the word of the Lord. And David spoke 
to the chief of the Levites and appointed their brethren to be the singers of the instruments of the music, the psalmstries, the harps, the cymbals, according to surrounded by the lifting of the voice of joy. So the Levites appointed Heman, the son of Joel, and his brethren, Asaph, the son of Verechiah, and the son of Merariah, their brethren, Ethan, and the sons of Cushiel, and with them their brethren, or the second degree, Zechariah, Ben, and Jeel, and Seremoth, and Jehiel, and Uni, and Eliab, and Benaiah, and Mesiel, and Mattiah, and Elhephel, and Micaiah, and Obadom, and Jerah, the, the porters. So the singers, Hineth, Asap, and Etham, were appointed to the sounds of the symbols of brass. And Zechariah, and Aziel, and Shemir, Almoth, and Jehiel, and Unai, and Eliab, and Masaphiah, and Benaiah, the sultries, and Aramoth, and Metebath, and Elaphleth, and Mikneiah, and Obadam, and Jeel, and Aziah, with harps on the on the Shemiah to excel, and Shenaiah, priest, uh, chief of the Levites, was was for songs, and and he instructed about the songs because he was skillful. And Bavikiah and Elikarnah were doorkeepers for the ark, and Shebaniah and Jehoshaphat and Nathaniel and Amasiah and Zechariah, Benaiah and Eliezer, the, the priest, did blow with the trumpets before the ark of the God, and Obadiah and Jedidiah, the doorkeepers for the ark. So here we have David bringing in the, all the people now. They, they've gathered together. They've gathered together the 862 priests and Levites, and they're going to forward, and they're, they, all of them have sanctified themselves for the, for the Lord, and they're going to do, they're going to carry the ark of the Lord, and, and they're going to do it the right way this time. They're going to bring all the staves, and they're going to put them into, be carrying them the right way because they now are doing things God's way. They're coming before God. They're seeking God. They're wanting to do things the way that God wants them to be done and honor God and do it right. So David learned his lesson to, to be able to do this the right way. And he is now seeking the right people, bringing the expertise in that needs to be brought in. And they're now going to carry the ark of the Lord the correct way. And it says in verse 15 that they put the ark of the Lord on the shoulders 
with the staves as Moses commanded them according to the word of the Lord. And then David spoke to all these Levites, and we see again, we've got this long list of people, but David appointed the Levites to be singers and says, you guys get to do this. And we see that all this was brought together and they planned their singing, they planned their songs, they organized together with symbols and music and all the other stuff that was going to happen here that David was to be able to draw out all these people. And we see several names here that we should should maybe know very much. Uh, Heman, he wrote several of the of the Psalms. Asaph, he's he's one of the great singers, and his his family is going to be made into the the singers for the for the temple from that point on. And he writes a lot of the Psalms as well. So he is very much a, a singer for God and, and desires to, to seek after God. Uh, we see, you know, a number of other people that are all down through here. And, and, and we want to just understand that David is doing things the way it's supposed to be. And he is not trying to exalt himself at this time. And it appeared that, he, that David wanted to exalt himself on the first time. And he did everything his way and then got in trouble with God because of it. This time, David is putting the Levites in charge. And that need, that humbleness is what is important. We often try to, to do things to make ourselves look good, make ourselves look wonderful, and, and try to lift ourselves up. And God is saying, I don't care about you. I'm to be lifted up. And this is very important. God says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And we need to always remember that it's not about us. No matter what we think we're doing, we're not really all that special. We are the ones that need to be able to lift up God and, and lift him up and let ourselves be made small. We get the honor sometimes of being able to be supported by God and used by God. But it is all by what he does, not what we do. And this is very important for us to understand. It's not us. It's God. And we can do nothing without Christ. But with Christ, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and without him, I can do nothing. And we always need to remember that. We cannot afford to get puffed up and, and built up and, and try and make ourselves look good because we are nothing. And we need to always remember that. Always give God the glory. Always give God the honor and lift him up. Verse 25, And David and the elders of Israel and the captains over a thousand went to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obedem with joy. And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. And David was clothed in a robe of fine linen and the Levites that bear the Ark and the singers and the cheer. And the Shenaniah, the master of the song with, with the singers, and David also had upon him an ephah of, of linen. So here we see them starting to make the trip. They're gathering together. They're bringing everything together to the Ark of the Lord at, at, at Obedom's house. There was great joy. And it came to pass that when they started it, they offered seven bullocks and seven rams just before they started. Now we read in 
there's a second Samuel 6:13 that every six paces they offered a sacrifice. It must have taken forever for this thing to get to get to the Jerusalem because every time they took six steps they would offer a sacrifice. And they take another six steps and they'd offer a sacrifice. So everything about this new move is to honor God, not to be able to do anything other than to honor God. And they're offering great sacrifices. This is a lot of, a lot of uh, sacrifices to, between his house and Jerusalem. And I'm not sure how many paces it would, how many, how many paces it would have been. But it was. This is a long period of time, and there's a sacrifice being made every six paces, and being offered. And David is finally doing things the way of God's way. And it says, David was clothed in a fine linen, and the Levites that bear the ark and the singers and also had on uh, linens. Here we see that David has taken off any royal garments that he's had. He is, he is nothing but a servant. He is dressed in the ephod, the linen ephods, linen, linen clothing, because he is not trying to show off himself. He's trying to worship God. And so here we see this beautiful, humble spirit that David has picked up finally about bringing this ark to, the, to Jerusalem. And David is not dressed any better than the Levites. Verse 28, Thus all Israel brought the, up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of a coronet and with trumpets and with cymbals and making a noise with the sultry of harps. And it came to pass as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David dancing and playing, and she despised him in her heart. So here we see Israel bringing up the ark. They're all celebrating. They're all worshiping. They're dancing. They're praising God. They're singing. And as they come in, and they're coming into the city, Michael looks down at David, and she does not like what she sees. She looks down at David, and he, it says that he's dancing, leaping, and joyfully worshiping God. He's playing, it says, or again, another way of dancing and jesting. He is enjoying himself. He's, and she looks down on him and... We're told in Second Samuel that she looked on him and despised him because he was not being royal. Remember that Michael has been raised under King Saul, and King Saul was trying to be like the rest of the world, and so she knew what it meant to be royal. She was a princess. She was, you know, dignified. She would never, she would never do anything to to not be dignified and, and royal. And David is out there dancing and making joyful singing and dancing. And she is going to have a hard time really honoring that because she looks at it as being something that is totally not good. And so David is going to be looking through this and he's going to find out that Michael does not... And, think what he's doing is right and she says what you know in, in second samuel she goes what does it mean for the 
for you to be out there. Um, and let's go back into Second Samuel chapter 6 real quick. Um, verse 17 and verse 6. And they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in a place in the midst of the tabernacle, and David pitched. And as soon as David had made an end to the offering of burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. He dwelt among he dealt among all the people and even among the whole multitude of Israel and to men and women to and the women as men to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine so all the people departed everyone to his house so David blessed the people he honored the people and all that was going on and we saw him in there and and then we look at when it says verse 20 then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself in, in, to, today in the eyes of the handmaidens of, of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord that I chose, cho which chose me before my father, before your father, and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of Israel. Over Israel, therefore, will I play before the Lord, and I will be yet more vile than this, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maid servants which you have spoken, of them shall I be had found in honor. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. So... She looked down on him. She criticized David. She attacked David. And, and it's just kind of interesting. How often do we have God doing great things in, in our midst? And there's almost always somebody when God does great things that is going to be critical of what's going on. They're going to be critical of the leaders. They're going to be critical of all that's going on because... Satan is trying to stop a work. And we see this over and over that when God works, people criticize. And when God is doing great things, somebody is trying to stop what's going on. And we see, see this one going on, and we see this here when David is worshiping God. It's great celebration, great celebration. The Ark of the Covenant is in Jerusalem, in the temple, in the tabernacle that has been uh, erected for it and Michael wants to throw cold water upon the celebration David has just gotten done blessing all the people he, he gave them gifts they're happy they're joyful they're they're enjoying everything that's going on and Michael is trying to rain on the parade because David did not act the way she thought he should act we need to be very careful when we're looking at this. How critical do we get of people that are serving God? How critical do we get of things going on before God? And need to be able to understand that God is always going on and God will do things his way. And when we look at Jesus, it was the same situation. Jesus did things the way that he was going to do them no matter what. And he sent out the disciples and he says, go and, go and teach. Go and bring God forward. And we see over and over that God does things his own way. 
sometimes I think he does it on purpose to drive people mad because it doesn't seem like what he's doing is going to work. And yet that is what God has got in store for us. He's reaching out for us to be touched. He's reaching out for us to, to see how we're going to touch others and how will God be used in all that all that's happening. And here we see Michael. And in the second Samuel, we're told that she has a judgment placed on her that she does not have any children for the rest of her life. This is a huge problem. Sin always has consequences. Michael despised David. David was honoring God, doing things God's way. She despised him, and she did not understand. Touch not a God's anointed. She touched God's anointed, and God judged her. She didn't lose her life because of it, but she did lose what is important to the women of that day, having children. And this is something that was very important. We need to be careful always not to attack God's children, not to attack the bride of Christ. God is very protective of his bride. He's very protective of his children. Don't ever attack other people. Go before God and say, God, I don't understand, but I'm not going to touch this person. I need your help in following all that you're going to do. And we just see here that David is honoring God. The, the Ark of the Covenant is in Jerusalem where it belongs, and they're now going to be able to worship right there in Jerusalem. And have the, the priests and the Levites right there every year being able to offer the sacrifices, being able to honor God, and be able to worship God. David is establishing his kingdom. He, he's built his kingdom. He's now got his palace. He's got his home for his, his houses, for uh, apartments for his family. And we're seeing the beauty of God at, at work as David is establishing himself. And then David says, I need to make sure I establish God in his place as well. And this is the beauty of it. Do we place God in his proper place in our life? And this is something that is hard sometimes. We get busy, we get organized, we get, we get ourselves so wrapped up in the way we want to do things that we oftentimes forget that God is God. And we need to do things his way and lift him up and not get wrapped up in our own activities and, and activities. And we want to seek God in all that we do. Lord, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done. We ask you to bless this time. Help us to make our priorities correct and in, in looking into you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening friends, do you know God? Not just know about him. Today is the day to decide to become his child. God loves you and Jesus came to die for your sins. In Romans 3.23, we are told, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. God says... The penalty for sin is death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We sin and deserve death and hell. However, Romans 5.8 says, But God commended his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you so much, he died for us so that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. How do we do this? Romans 10, 9 through 8 says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man 
believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Today is that day for you to come to God and truly know Him. Do you know Him? Do you want to know Him? Pray in your own words like this, God, I know that I am a sinner and deserve punishment. I believe that Jesus died to pay my sins. Forgive me and help me to turn from my sins and to live for you. If you have asked this of God and truly believe you are God's child and part of, of his family, we encourage you to do these things. First, tell somebody that you are saved. Second, start reading the Bible each day. We recommend starting with Ephesians and then the Gospel of John. Find a good Bible teaching church. If this is your, your day of salvation, you can contact us and we will send you a booklet to get started on your new life and are available to help you with any questions you have about the Bible. You can contact us by email at office at chloridebaptistchurch.com or by mail at Chloride Baptist Church, P.O. Box 65, Chloride, Arizona 86431.